don't think ever, it's all done. But kind of going in where we're at today is, you know, we spend so much money on trying to be happy. We spend our lives trying to be happy. Uh, people talk to us all the time, and it seems like it's just, it's just relentless chase for, for what we think God has designed for us. But what if us chasing happiness is useless? There's a statement that goes around, and I'm going to make it several times today. Well, I believe God wants you happy. God does not want you happy. God is not about you just being happy. He's got something so much bigger in store for you than just your happiness. See, because happiness doesn't go on. Uh, if, if you can be happy today, but if I come over and kick Brenda in the shin, she's not happy anymore. See, happiness changes. And we think, well, if I just had this, I'd be happy. And if I just had that, I'd be happy. And, and so we go through and we live our lives based on happiness that's just fleeting. The word happiness has its root in, in the Latin word hap, which means circumstance. It, it means chance. It means lucky and fortunate. And so when we think about that, if we go around saying all the time, well, God wants me happy, that means God wants every situation in your life so lined up that it meets every expectation of you. We might as well just grab the genie and rub the bottle. Hey, but we hear this phrase all the time, well, I believe God just wants me happy, and this is what makes me happy. Until it don't, until something comes to change that. See, happiness is fleeting. It, it, it's here today, gone tomorrow. And so if everything lines up just right and all the conditions are so perfect, I'll be happy. And people, we try to grasp at this. And we say it all the time, God wants me happy. You need to take that out of your vocabulary. You see, God wants me sad. I didn't say that either. He said he'll wipe away all tears. But he doesn't want you living from circumstance to circumstance in your life. He doesn't want you living from, okay, it's good right now, but what if it's not good? Then everything's crushed. See, so is our hope based on what's happening or based on whose child we are? See, it's different when you know whose child you are. You're not worried about just this thing. Just this thing going perfect. And if it goes perfect, Greg, I'll be happy. And that's the mindset that's led people to making bad choices. And they justify these choices. Well, I, I know it, it's not really what everybody would say or what everybody would do, but it's what makes me happy and God wants me happy. No, we don't. He doesn't want you moving from circumstance to circumstance or think. See, when we, when we go by that, Zach, when we go by that thinking, we, whatever comes along, we'll jump from this, we'll jump to that. No matter if it ends up having a destructive part in our life later, and we'll go around saying, well, I'm happy right now. God must be blessing me. How I many of you know God will bless you when you're not happy? God will, ha God will bless you when you think everything sucks. 
God will bless you when you think everything has fallen in and all hell has broke up around you. See, some of you are took back. What did he say? Come on. Listen, God wants so much more than for you to be happiness, than for you to be happy. And when we walk around thinking that this is what makes me happy, so it must be God. I, I, how, much, how much sin do we jump into? The Word says there's pleasure in sin for a season. There's pleasure outside of the will of God for a little while, Ron. But all of a sudden, something's going to come. And something's going to cause a change. And so happiness is not where God wants you to live. So where does God want me to live? God wants you to live. See, this is where we have to meet Jesus all over again. See, some of us sit back. Hmm. I wonder if what I'm doing is really God's will. You may be asking that question right now. Is this just because I'm happy? Is this what God wants? When it's completely outside, oh, y'all okay? When it's completely outside of what God's Word says, it's outside of where God tells us to live. But it makes me happy. It must be God. Come on. Everybody here? All right. See, it gets uncomfortable when you start messing with our happiness. God will meet Jesus, the joy giver. He wants you to live in joy. He wants you to live in a place where that even if the circumstances aren't exactly how you designed it, you're not ready to give up. And you're not ready to throw in the towel. And you're not ready to quit. And you're not ready to say, oh, I can't take it anymore. See, joy is a different thing than happiness. Happiness changes with whatever you're going through. Joy will be there no matter where you're at. Joy will be there. So what does it mean, joy? Let's, let's look at it. It means to rejoice, to be glad, to exhilarate. Somebody, Dee was in Walmart one day, ran into a guy she went to school with, and he asked her out. And she said, well, I'm married. And her, her response was, I'm married. And his response, why are you getting embarrassed? <laughs> and his response, but are you happily married? Yeah. Nope, she's not. I'm going to tell you right now, she is not happily married. Because the way she's smiling at me now won't be the way she smiles at me later when I do something stupid. <laughs> But what she is and what we are, we're joyfully married. That means whatever comes our way, we know we've got this because God's taken care of. And it doesn't matter the situations that come. It matters what we have that is so much deeper. And if you're in here and you're married, 
I hope you're not happily married either. I hope you're joyfully married because that's where God wants you. God doesn't want you living in a place that changes with the circumstances where we love each other right now, but man, you'd wait till later. And it might not be that way. <laughs> and I thought about that when he asked you that. Are you, well, I'm, I, are you happily married? No, I don't want to be happily married. Because every circumstance and everything that comes our way is not going to be good. We faced some tough stuff. We faced some hard things and we stood right together. Why? Because we're joyfully married. Because there's still a joy no matter what the circumstances is. And that's where God wants you to live. But what happens when you and I get unhappy? We start looking for what's missing in our life. Oh, come on. We start, okay, well, what's missing? Something's got to be missing in my life because I'm just not happy right now. Well, maybe you need to say, God, I need you to fill me with joy so I'm not trying to determine my next move in life based on how I feel at the moment. Y'all better wake up. This side's getting it. I need, God, I need you to tell me. I need you to fill me with joy, your joy. A joy that, 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 that passes all understanding. A joy that can't be explained. A joy that can't be. Because what happens is, Sally, when I start looking for things that will fill a happy place, I will fill it with whatever meets an immediate emotional need. And when I live my life based on filling immediate emotional needs... I am leading myself into destruction because what meets my immediate emotional needs will destroy my life. Listen, I've left it up to me before. That's not a good place to leave it. But that's what happens. We start looking for something to meet a need. Go to Psalms chapter 4. Go to Psalms chapter 4. And I do believe that if you use the YouVersion app, it's on there today. Psalm chapter 4, listen to David here. This is a person who understood the difference between joy and happiness. Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have given me relief when I was in distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. O people, how long will you turn my glory into shame? How long will you love vanity and seek after lies? Ponder on that. That's what Salah means. Know that the Lord set apart the faithful for himself, and the Lord hears when I call to him. Part of us not living in joy is we have never settled the fact in ourselves that we are convinced that God hears us when we pray. Well, why don't we believe that God hears us when we pray? Because we are a, now some of you all remember this, some of you won't. We are a burger, we are a fast food chain nation that used to say, I can have it my way right away. <laughs> and that's where we live. I want it my way. Because when it's my way, I'll be happy. But when you get your way, 
Why is it six months later you're looking for something else? Because that didn't work. Am I the only one that's ever done this? But see, when we get joy and understand that God is our joy, that joy is something way down in here that can't be shaken, that can't be moved, that can't be taken away from us. When we get joy in this place, we quit looking for what makes us happy. I tell people all the time, uh, if we're doing, Dee and I are doing marriage counseling or, or, or anything like that, and they say, well, I've been so hurt in the past and blah, 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 blah. And my question to, my statement to them is this. A half a person and a half a person doesn't make a whole relationship. You have to be whole. You have to, and the only way I can be whole is when I'm walking in the joy of the Lord. Is when I know everything is going to be okay because I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he is able to keep me against anything that comes my way. Then I can walk in joy. Other than that, I'm trying to walk in happiness and just feel the need. Verse 4. Tremble in awe and do not sin. Commune with your own heart on your bed and be still. Maybe that's my problem. Maybe I'm just never still enough. Because when I'm still, then I have to face my own thoughts. Or when I'm still, I have to face a reality that I may not like. And if I'm still, I hear him say, you know the thing you're doing, it's going to hurt you, right? It's not my perfect plan for you, right? And so when I'm still and I'm quiet and I commune with my own heart, I hear that. So if I stay busy, I never have to worry about answering those questions. But I love what he says here, tremble in awe and do not sin. That should be easy enough. Verse 5, offer sacrifices of righteousness and trust in the Lord. Many are saying, who will show us any good? Lift up the light of your face over us. You have, now look at verse 7, I love this. Brenda, you'll like this one. You have placed gladness in my heart that is better than when their corn and their new wine abound. You have placed, that word gladness is another word for joy. You want to know what it really means? It's a spontaneous expression of excitement and cheer. What has God put in our hearts? The ability to just break out in praise. The ability to break out in cheer. The ability to commune with Him. He said, you have filled my heart with spontaneous excitement. Spontaneous joy. You see, happiness doesn't do that because we lay it out and it's all planned out. And then I'm happy. But when you have joy, you can lay down when the world has fallen in around your ears and you say, oh yeah, Lord. I thank you that what you do for me, you do for all. I thank you what you do for all, you do for me. That you don't love anyone better than me. You don't love me better than anyone. But see, if I'm, I'm working on happiness, situations will never allow me to spontaneously praise. Because I have to make sure they're all in a row. 
it refers to the reality, the experience, the manifestation of joy and gladness. It refers to the celebration of something with joyful and cheerful activities. Man, why y'all act like that in church? Because he has set gladness in my heart. Why do you jump and dance and holler and yell and wave your arms around? Because he has set a spontaneous, an excitement, a cheer in my heart. And I understand that no matter what my circumstance is, I don't have to be happy to praise him. And you don't have to be happy to worship Him. And you don't have to be happy to just let your voice rise to the top of your lung. Oh, but I don't act like that. Maybe you should. I dare you. Cut loose sometime. Stanley will join you. Listen, we were, yeah, but... See, this is how we know we're dealing with happiness because we're waiting on our, the right song. Oh, I, I love this. I love this, love this song. See, you're, what, what, what you're doing is you're waiting for that thing to make you happy. And joy breaks out when Perry breaks out a mandolin. And joy breaks out whether it's a banjo. Joy breaks out no matter who's singing and what's being done. Joy is there because it's that joy that God brings. And it's not just based on the circumstances. Verse 8. I will both lie down in peace and sleep. You can't do that in happiness. You know why? Because you're wondering, well, if that situation changes, what happens then? So we, we sit up. And we stay awake, and we wonder, and we wonder. He says, I will lie down in peace and sleep, for you, Lord, made me dwell in safety and security. This is walking in joy. This is not waiting on circumstances. But how do we live in a world with all the craziness that's going on in it, and if you haven't looked around much, you don't understand how crazy this thing is. How do we live in joy in this? Let me tell you what the church has done. Jeff, we've got real good at not being joyful. Well, what do you mean? Well, if my man don't get in the office... safer over here <laughs> if my man don't get in the office I'm not happy okay what's that got to do with God well if it goes a whole different way than I want it to the world the world's going to hell in a handbasket it's always been that way why are we so upset about it it has nothing to do with joy we act, like we're, we act like we're supposed to be here anyhow. This isn't even your house. We're just ambassadors here. We're supposed to be showing them that over here in the kingdom, it's full of joy. We don't wait on things to make us happy. We break out in spontaneous excitement. 
we break out in spontaneous cheer. We, why? Because it's better over here. Here's the thing. And I thought Brent was going to get into it a second ago. Why can't I have joy? Or why am I not experiencing this joy? Because joy is relational. And it's not relational to another human. You're looking for the wrong relationship to bring you joy. (laughs) Joy is relational. We can be happy when everything's going our way, but joy is something on the inside. John chapter 15, verse 11. John 15, verse 11, Jesus says, I have spoken these things to you that, what? His joy. I can't get his joy if I don't know him. If I'm not associated with him, I'm still living off of happiness. And I'm not talking about whether you've accepted and said yes to salvation or not. I'm saying there's a whole lot of people walking around They've accepted it. They've said yes, but they still don't know him. Why? That's why we're doing this whole series. They don't know that he's your, you see, it's, it's, he said, and these things I've spoken to you, that my joy might what? That means it's not going anywhere. That my joy may remain in you and that your joy God doesn't want you happy. He wants you full of joy. He doesn't want you living life based on circumstance. He wants you living life based on Him and that His joy in you is what fills your joy up and overflowing into spontaneous. Listen, I've lived life this way. And I've lived life the other way too. It's more fun living this way. We were leaving a meeting one time in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Me and four guys. We had left the meeting. Was on our way home. We were, this, this, this church had a long dirt. If you've ever been in Oklahoma, that's not unusual. Had a long dirt uh, driveway. And all of a sudden... The joy of the Lord just stirred up. And spontaneous cheer and excitement happened. I don't know if the guy put the car in park. I I don't know, Ted. All I know is all of a sudden I looked up and all four of us has exited the car and was praising in this field. Jumping up and down. And then I looked up and about 70 other cars behind us at the same time, everybody just went... Just out at a spontaneous. Why don't we see that now? Because we're trying to live on happiness. We're trying to live from moment to moment and see what makes us happy. And if it don't make us happy, I'm going to take my ball and go home. But joy doesn't do that. Jesus said, I've spoken these things that my joy might remain in you and that your joy. God wants you full of joy. 
He wants your joy overflowing. He wants, you ought to, when we say let's praise, you ought to be like, let's go. You don't need, we don't need three songs to get us warmed up so that the last two were powerful. When we come in here, it ought to be at level 10 already because we're not living by what makes us happy circumstances. We're living by the joy of the Lord and it just breaks out. But if I'm always looking for that thing, that someone, he wants your joy full. Go to Psalm chapter 5. You need to meet this Jesus. Quit trying to fill your life with everything else. See, this is why people have trouble laughing in church. This is why people have, you've got to be so reverent. But may all those who seek refuge in you rejoice. Remember, joy is relational. That word rejoice, it's joy, joy. May all those who seek, so where's joy found? When I seek refuge in him. When I'm not looking at circumstances, I'm not looking at things, I'm not looking at people to make me happy. It's when I take refuge in him. May they ever, thank you, Debbie. May they ever shout for joy. Maybe we need to shout because we have joy. I think sometimes we need to shout just to get it. Maybe sometimes you need to just step out on faith and just raise your voice. Maybe you need to step out on faith and just say, you know what? Today in praise and worship, I'm just letting it go. I'm letting it all hang out. I'm going to enjoy it like God is real. I'm going to act like he is the absolute realest thing that I have in my life. May they ever shout for joy because you defend them. I don't even have to defend myself. People tell me all the time, you know what they're saying about you. I don't care. I gave that up a long time ago. May those who love your name be joyful in you. Joy is completely relational. It's just all about your relation to Jesus. And just because you know him as Savior, don't know, mean you know him as the joy giver. Look at verse 12. For you, Lord, will bless the righteous, and you surround them with favor like a shield. That word rejoice in verse 11, you know what it means? This is fun. Jody, this is real fun. It means a spontaneous expression of excitement and cheer. And the word joyful in verse 11 means to jump. 
for joy. According to the ancient Hebrew lexicon of the Bible, it means to raise the hands and jump. See, we're not crazy, John. We're just biblical. It's just biblical. When we know that we can raise a hand, we can shout, we can jump. It should absolutely, at any time, somebody just looks at you sideways, ought to just turn you on. We were in class one day at Ramah. <laughs> Brother Hagen's up and teaching. <laughs> he said, I tell you what, if, if, if somebody would just take off rejoicing, I believe I'd take off with them. All of a sudden, this place of about 700 people just goes nuts. There's people running, shouting, jumping. I didn't know. I started to mess. <laughs> I jumped up and I took off. Brother Hagen took off the stage right behind us, and it was chaos for about 15 minutes. Wow, that's joy. And it had nothing to do whether I had a bad day. Had nothing to do about my mood. Joy has nothing to do with your mood. It's still down in here. It has nothing to do whether you feel good, whether you feel bad. Joy is something God gave you. It's in here. You've got to get relational with him to find it, though. Hmm. To jump for joy. I'm going to say y'all look good today in praise, anyhow. Flags and jumpers and praisers. And... Psalm 28 Everybody good still? Well, y'all's one of those wild people. If you want to be. Some people don't do this. You know what they do to worship and joy? They just sit and cry. Like a big old baby. And there's nothing wrong with that either. But know that it's joy. And joy is relational to your relationship with Jesus. You can have as much of this joy as close as you want to get to God. The Lord is my strength and my shield. I'm in, ver I'm in verse 7 of tw Psalm 28. My heart trusted in him, and I was helped. Therefore, my heart breaks out in spontaneous expression of excitement and cheer. And with my song, I will thank him. The Lord is the strength of his people, and he is the saving strength of his anointed. Joy is relational. You have to get to know God. Spend time with Jesus. And as you spend time with Him, you'll start learning circumstances don't matter much. There's a joy that's always there. Just under the surface at any moment waiting for me to explode. Waiting for me to just go nuts. That's why these guys have such a hard time with praise and worship trying to follow me because I don't ever know where I'm going. Perry's going, yep. Because it doesn't have to be laid out a certain way to make me happy. Oh. Psalm, Proverbs, not Psalm, Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22. Look what he says here. A merry heart does good like medicine. Not a good day does good like medicine. A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. 
I've seen a whole lot of churches full of dried up bones. We still see it. They still want if things go right. And, I, and I'm, when did the church ever start looking at what's happening outside to determine whether we were going to be happy about it, God or not? And so we just get salty. <laughs> Going on, the word merry means blithe or bliss, gleeful, a blissful heart. See, my heart can be full of bliss and everything else go wrong in my life. Because what's going on in here, Kevin, is no, has nothing to do with what's going on out here. According to the Complete Word Study Dictionary, it means to be filled with joy, to be exceeding glad. Medicine for your body is found in your relationship with Jesus because your relationship with Jesus brings joy because joy is relational. Imagine healings that could take place just because I changed my heart. <laughs> that I said, heart, I remember the words of David. He said, why thou downcast, O my soul? Sometimes I need to ask myself, why am I even feeling down? I got nothing to be down about. Well, you got this and you got this. What's that? It's nothing to God. Joy comes when we deepen our relationship. Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10. Everybody knew this was coming. Nehemiah 8 verse 10. Then he said to them, go your way. Eat the fat. Drink the sweet drink. Send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Look what he says. This is a command here, Stanley. Do not be grieved for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Don't be grieved. Why? Because when I get to that joy, when I quit looking at circumstances and joy on the inside, all of a sudden I find a strength to get through. I find a strength to get through whatever I'm facing. Remember the happy little tree guy? All right, raise your hands. Who remembers happy little tree guy? See you? All right, now how many remember Bob Ross? Oh, see? <laughs> I remember watching him as he started paint. And I'm thinking, what in the world is this mess? Same thing goes on in my life. I look at my life so often and I think, what in the world is this mess? But you know what? That's when I have to trust the artist. He always pulls off something big in the end. It's always a beautiful something that I could hang up and be proud of. And you're going to have to learn to trust the artist of your life. You're going to have to let joy come up no matter what the mess looks like on the outside. We're going to have to learn to trust the artist and know that he will finish a painting for your life that will blow your mind. Romans chapter 8, we're almost there. 
Romans chapter 8, verse uh, 28. Romans 8, 28. We know that all things work together for good. It didn't, Zach, it didn't say all things are good. Because there's things that happen in my life, Rita, that aren't good. But he says all things work together for good. That means whatever mess is in my life, God knows how to make it into something beautiful. That whatever pain I'm going through, whatever hurt I'm facing, he knows how to make it good. He knows how to make sure that I'm blessed at the end of this thing. We know that all things work together for good to those that love God. See, back to that relationship. And those who are called according to his purpose. Joy is the confidence that we know whatever circumstance comes... He's got it under control. It's a fruit, according to Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. He says, then the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy. It's a fruit that the Spirit produces in you. You've got Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Joy, it's an enduring, it's constant. It's irrespective of external circumstances. And even in the midst of challenging things in my life, I can still feel joy, but happiness, it's temporary. It'll change at the drop of a hat. So my question to you is, you can either not accept this Jesus who says he gives us his joy so that our joy will be full, or we can just keep living from momentary happiness to momentary happiness. And what you're living in right now may be happy. But when we sit down and we ask God, say, okay, God, what do you really feel about this? And we do what Psalm says and we get quiet. Are we willing to face the fact that he may say, hey, lay this down and it's going to be unpleasurable. And it's going to hurt, but I've got joy laid up for you. And I'm going to take you into something better. You don't have to settle for seconds when you have a seat at the table. Joy, happiness is just settling for seconds because it's just going to change. Joy says, I know. Psalm 16, and we'll go. Psalm 16. You will make known to me. Verse 11. Psalm 16, 11. You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Here's the key. Both pleasure and joy is relational to the distance you are to Jesus. They're relational to the distance you are to Jesus. Now, now, let's get this settled. I'm not saying we're ever separated from him. Okay? You're not. He, he's in you. You're so wrapped up in him, you can't tell. But sometimes, I'm, me and her, we live together, sleep in the same bed, but that don't mean we're close. Yeah. Me and her can have the worst relationship known to man and, and still ride in the car together. 
So there's distance there. Even though we're one, there's, there's distance. So even though we may be one with Christ, it doesn't mean that there's not a distance. And in his presence is fullness of joy, and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. I challenge you this week, go home and ask him what it is in my life that's making me happy or am I just being, or am I filled with joy? Ask him, is there something I need to sit, sit down? Is there, a, is there something that it might hurt a little bit for me to let go of this, but I know he has joy ahead for me? Tough questions. It's fun life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. We glorify you and magnify you in the beauty of your holiness. We praise you. Father, let us not be caught up in things that make us happy. Let us be filled with a joy that no one can understand. A joy that leads to a breakout in spontaneous jumping and raising of my hands and praising you and cheering you. Let that be my life. In Jesus' name, amen.